0: Good to see you all here today. I'm going to preach from my favorite book in the Bible. Um, Yesterday, Kay and myself, we was cleaning out and working on a building that we have. I was screwing in a screw and it kind of went off one side and That driver went right into my thumb, yeah, just bleeding and, dear, look, yeah, good thing you don't need that to preach, that's it, that's it, not I'll run and get a band-aid, not anything like that whatsoever, good thing you don't need that to preach. I'm a pastor to 1,200 people, but at my house, what I am is the guy that takes out the garbage. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Go in your Bible to the book of Ruth. Ruth, the importance of gleaning is what we're going to look at today. I've always loved this book. Part of the reason why I've always... Uh, For years and years, even as a young kid, I would read novels. I have got a great collection, not all of them, but a great collection of Louis Lamar novels. How many is Louis Lamar reader? Uh, I got a great collection of, and I know you'll giggle on this, but uh, uh, nevertheless, great collection of Edgar Rice Burroughs, and what was it he was famous for? Tarzan is right So I've always been a novel reader So when I got converted Started reading the Bible um, I seen the Old Testament read much more like a novel Than what I was used to Than what the New Testament did So uh, And once I hit um, The book of Ruth And uh, Then on into the life of Of David And all I just ate all of that up I just really 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 enjoyed that thoroughly So Today we're going to be in the book of Ruth. I have, this is one of the books that I have preached through. I haven't preached through, preached through the book of Joshua one time, preached through the book of Ruth and just a few others. Um, Maybe before the close of the year uh, is out, I may get in the book of 1 John and we'll start dealing with uh, the love of God in that book and see what we can learn uh, throughout that book. But today... Let's look at Ruth, chapter number two, verse number three. Are you there? And Ruth went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap—before we get the word happen, chance—that's man's viewpoint. Oh, it just happened. God's viewpoint is never, oh, it just happened. Ruth got up that day thinking, I've got to go glean in the field so me and my uh, mother-in-law have something to eat. She wasn't waiting for a check. Didn't work that way. It was, if you was a field owner or landowner, you could not glean the corners of your field. You had to leave them alone to where poor people could go and glean and have something. And it wasn't to where she got up that day and, and she just, oh, I just, I'll, her viewpoint was I just happened to go over here. God's viewpoint is this. I've got to get her in the right field. Because if she's not in the right field, all the songs at Christmas time about Bethlehem, all that gets messed up. She's got to get in the right field. So, happen chance, that's man's viewpoint. That's never God's viewpoint. She happened to go into this field. That's not God's viewpoint, that was hers. And as ha- her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And that is not our message. We don't have time to go into that. But. Uh, Maybe sometime next year we'll go through this book again, but I really, really, really uh, feel strongly about preaching this today, the importance of gleaning. This is for the youngest person to the oldest person and everybody in between. Gleaning, collecting as you go through life, learning as you go through life. Bow your heads, please. Father, I ask and pray this morning for your continued anointing in this service. Lord, that you anoint me to be able to preach your word. And God, it would be meaningful and helpful to every person here. In Jesus' name we're praying. Amen. My brother-in-law, John Durham, who's heard me preach a number of times, has made this statement. And the reason he's made this statement is because he's heard me say something similar down through the years. He said this just a few weeks ago. Mark, reading has done you very well. Well, the reason he said that is because he's heard me say, I do not have a lot of so-called, a lot of things that really would be beneficial for a preacher to have. It'd be beneficial to have hair. (laughs) I don't have that. It'd be beneficial to have a winsome personality. I don't really have that neither. It'd be beneficial to have a lot of things, but I really don't have. But one thing I do have, and I've tried to, um, I've tried to work that to my benefit, is I really like to read. And in liking to read, I have at home Over, and I haven't counted lately, but I know I have over 500 books in my office at home. And people, have you read all those books? Most of those books I have read, if not all, a good portion of. I'm always trying to glean something. Now, you can go through life like Mr. Magoo. And there may be times that might be the easy thing to do. But at the end of the day, that's never going to be the beneficial way for you to live. That gets you hurt. And all you young people don't even know who Mr. Magoo is. (laughs) Preacher, how did Orchardville Church get to where it's at right now? Gleaning. 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 I am constantly gleaning. This church staff is constantly gleaning. I am willing to listen to another minister. That's why I still go to revivals because I know I don't care who that preacher is, there's something he knows that I don't know and I'd like to know it. Gleaning. Gleaning. You're not looking at a know-it-all preacher, gleaning. No matter what I've tried to do, I've read books on it, I've asked questions about it. Before I built my house, I asked my dad, Dad, who do I need to talk to about putting in a basement? What extra things do I know before I put this basement in? He told me the guy, I went to his house and talked to him, and he told me something that was really valuable for me to hear. And I did exactly what he said, and we never had a problem with that thing leaking. No, I am not a know-it-all preacher contrary to what you may have been told. Some young whippersnappers already know it all. Well, that's just too bad. Years ago, when I first started pastoring this church, and in... The end of December will have been 24 years. And if you would have, yeah, that's a long time. How many here are 24 and younger? Would you please stand? 24 and younger. Man, man. Gleaning, that's what I've tried to do. When I go to another church, I'm looking at the building. I not only listen to what the preacher said, I'm looking at the building. I'm trying to see what can I learn that will benefit. And there are a lot of things, whether if I go to a seminar or whatever, it's not me trying to make a round peg fit in a square hole. If it don't work, it won't work. A lot of things that the big city does won't work in ye old Orchardville. And that I know, but I go and I glean, glean, glean. Again, some young whippersnapper may already know it all. Years ago when somebody would ask me a question about the Bible, it didn't matter what I said, I had to say something. And now I find myself saying quite a bit, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that would be. I don't know. I don't know. But when you're younger, I mean, you just got, yeah, I know it all. Really? Young people, you need to be willing to glean what mom and dad know. Mom and dad, what do you got to say about that? Amen. Amen. I don't care how much you know, thank you. I don't care how much you know about computers, you will never be as smart as mom and dad. You won't do it. Because at minimum, they've got about 20 years on you. At 20 years of learning, 20 years of living. Sherry Gill made mention of this about her dad recently, that I wish I knew all that he knew about woodworking. That woman's got my heart now. That's a woman saying that. (laughs) I love woodworking. I remember when I first came to Orchardville there was an old man that gave me a set of, and they're either Foxfire or Firefox. Which one is it? Foxfire. Give me a, a set of Foxfire books. And it's old guys and, and talking about things. how uh, You build this or you make this and you're able to do this. And, and it just thinks that when they died, it's like nobody's picked that up and, and, and carried that on. How many remembers the bushy-headed guy with the afro that was always on uh, PBS channel and he was doing the painting? You remember him? What was his name? Bob Ross. Ross. Was that what it was, Bob Ross? And he'd say, yeah, make a happy little cloud right here. It's your world. You just do whatever you want. And when he died... I just, I just had a, a sorry feeling that come over me, thinking all of the things that he knew. And then I thought, those can still go on. All the, the, those channels and those things that he put on, and, then you, and you could buy, and you could uh, get the DVD in one year. I got the, that's what I wanted. Candace said, "Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I want the Bob Ross DVD. I'm going to learn how to paint. Got it, took it out of the box and looked at it and 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 the very first thing he said, if you don't, if you don't have a personalized room to where you can paint in, you might cause a divorce. (laughs) Because you're gonna make a super mess and it's gonna I I never did paint. (laughs) I didn't have my own room, and I just left it alone, left it alone. But all that that guy knew, and what the shame would be if when he died, that knowledge would have died, but fortunately, all that can carry on, and a new generation can pick up and can glean from what that guy knew. Too many wanting to take shortcuts in life when it never really works out good for them. Never does. Ruth chapter 2, verse 3. And Ruth went to the field and she gleaned. Psalms 126. They that sow in tears will reap in joy. He that goes forth weeping shall bring in the harvest rejoicing. There's the process. Do you see that? You work first. You sow first, you tears first, you sweat first, and then you have the harvest. Now, let's turn that process on its head. They that sow in joy, yay, yay, will reap in tears. They that must have the easy, it's got to be given to them like a silver spoon. It's, everything's got to be easy, greasy, and as easy as pie. And if not, I'll quit. Every time I read this, I think of something that I hear on the radio. Every time I read to where America... In the industrialized nations, at the end of every year, this is put, this is printed out and put out around the world. We go further down the chain line and the food line when it comes to education. Every year. And the reason why? Because we want little Johnny to have it easy. That's right. That's right. And the radio uh, commercial, I always remember, every time I read that, it's about uh, little Johnny's. his backpack weighs too much. <laughs> yeah. And he's just got too much to do. <laughs> too much homework to do. <laughs> and we go further down the list every year. Further down the list every year. Further down the list every year. We have got to get back to the old concept of a little hard work never hurt anybody. They that must have an easy road first will eventually meet the hard road later. Young people and I see this every every year. Young people, young couples get married and they want in thirty days what it took mom and dad thirty years to attain. Amen. And you know that's true. You've seen it yourself. And to the young couple I would say, you're going to have happy times at first. And you're going to have sad times later. And that's exactly the opposite of what God says it ought to be. There ought to be some hard times first. There ought to be some sweat and some planting and some working and some uh, getting your hands dirty. And sooner or later, God says, then you can reap a harvest. Amen. Always looking for the easy way. Always looking for the fast way. Here's a gradual decline of that. The couple or the person that's looking for the fast and the easy way, sooner or later that'll be coupled with the idea of, I want to get it by hook or crook. It don't matter. The gradual, steady decline. The path of least resistance makes men and rivers crooked. The path of least resistance makes men and rivers crooked. One more time. The path of least resistance makes men and rivers crooked. I'm going to get it, but it's got to come easy. And thank God if it comes easy. But if it don't come easy, God must be against me. Where did you get that idea? You need to look again at the life of Paul the Apostle. That man never had it easy. And nothing could stop him, thank God, for that. I have over the years gleaned from my dad. I have over the years gleaned from my mom. Mom asked me just a few months ago. She said, Mark, it don't seem like you get depressed much. And I didn't answer her. I didn't grunt, I didn't say yes, no, maybe, whatever. I didn't answer because I knew with her standing right there talking to me and if I would have answered her right then with that being so fresh on my mind with everything, when she said that, all the things that went through my mind was the difficulties that my mom and dad had in life. Mom and dad had two houses to burn to the ground. That's why I've got a soft spot in my heart when I hear of a family that gets burned plumb to the ground, with nothing left. Once Christmas Eve night, we was at Grandma Henry's at Blueford when that happened. Other time, Dad was having back surgery in Evansville, and I remember being with my grandma and we was trying to figure out which way mom would come home from Evansville because we didn't want her pulling up and seeing that house. My dad had back problems for years and years and years. My dad had kidney problems for years. My dad had heart problems for years, had open heart surgery at St. John's back years and years and years ago when they didn't have it refined like they do now. And my dad died at 52. Mom has raised five kids. She's raised three grandkids. And one time, the government said, uh, uh, you're going to have to come into a class where well, we know that you know how to raise kids. And she said, you got to be kidding. I ain't coming to no class. One person told my mom when trying to get her maybe to have a pity party or whatever it was and mom said, listen, I play the hand I've been dealt. So the reason I didn't answer mom that day was because I really felt right then and there I'd probably get way too emotional even responding to it. No, I don't get a lot of depression in my life and when it comes I try to put it down because I've had a pretty good example in my life that you just keep on going no matter what comes at you. you. As I've gleaned from my mom and dad, that has led me on to glean from my heavenly father and from this book. And in this book, the Bible says concerning Job, listen to his words. This is in Job 29. Job said, I shall die in my nest. Last week, we preached on flying lessons about how the eagle flies. And now he's got to get out of the nest to do it. And Job said, I am so despondent, I am so depressed, I will die right where I'm at. Look in verse 20. That was verse 18. Look in verse 20. My glory was fresh within me. My bow was renewed in my hand. Something happened from verse 18 to verse 20. What happened was verse 19. My root system was spread out by the waters, and the dew laid all night upon my branches. This guy received double nourishment to get him through the hardship in his life. I got this just today. It's from Karen Wayson, And it shows a tree on the outside. It shows a tree here on the inside. And it says, that she's wrote she's written this along with what they wrote, which I think Karen writes better than what they wrote. Karen writes this, oh, the beauty of the tree, the roots only God can see. And the very thing that's the most important about you is that root system to where you need to draw from the Word of God and draw double nourishment from the Word of God and the Spirit of God within your life, and it will build you up to where you can get through the rough times in life. Psalms, listen to David. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Thank God. Thank God now let's get back to Ruth. Ruth left that day out of that rental property where they was at. And she said, I know I've got to do something. We can't starve to death. And I love that. You know, we'd have never heard of Ruth if Ruth would have just sat in the house and says, oh, well. Looks over to her mother-in-law and says, God will provide. God will provide. You know what? God provides worms for birds, but he doesn't shove it down their gullets. They got to go out and get it. God will provide. No, what would she do? She got up from where she was at. She walked out of that house. Hmm. I'll go over here and that was the spirit of God directing her right to that field and she began gleaning in that field gleaning hard arduous work that woman did not say I'm too delicate to glean she didn't say I'm too beautiful to glean And I grant you, I'd say Ruth was one of the most beautiful women in the Bible. You know what? (laughs) Speaking of that note, a lot of times we put people in stained glass windows and just act like, you know, that they were just so different. um, There's beautiful women today. There's beautiful women in this house. We can't even imagine how beautiful Eve was. I mean, think about it. With 6,000 years of defects, there's women today that look great. I mean, and her with with nothing, no no flaws, no blimp, no nothing. And Ruth may have been perhaps out of that same caliber. Listen, she didn't say, Whoa, I'm too important to glean. My social class tells me that I cannot glean. She didn't say any of that. Ruth just kept on gleaning. Kept on gleaning. Kept on gleaning. And finally, here's the latest vehicle I really think looks good. Uh, Boaz pulls up in his Chevy, red Chevy Avalanche and gets out, see how times change. I preached this about five years ago, and I preached about how he got out of his Durango, but now it's uh, his avalanche. And here's what he says when he sees Ruth. Whose damsel is this? The Wayne County flair of that would be, where did this hot chick come from? The long story short is this, Ruth and Boaz got married. Go back to Psalms 126, they that sow in tears will reap in joy. Ruth at one time, working hard, doing what she knew that she had to do to survive, she was gleaning in the fields, and she was getting just a little bit. And Boaz seen her and said, hey, workers, uh, throw just a little bit more her way. Yeah. And when she got home that day, that first day, her mother-in-law said, how was you able to glean all of this? And She said, oh, some of the workers, they, they threw me handfuls on purpose. That's a good term. Yeah. That's a good term. They just threw me handfuls on purpose right where I was at. Where she had got enough for her and her mother-in-law to survive because her father-in-law had died, her husband had died, her brother-in-law had died in Moab, and here they come back to Israel, and it was a country that was foreign to her. She is a foreigner in a foreign land. She didn't know anybody except for her mother-in-law. And then she married Boaz. And it it went from where she was gleaning and had a bushel full to where now she owns the whole harvest. Not only that, she owns the fields the harvest came out of. Not only that, she owns the guy who owns the field (laughs) that all the harvest came out of. How did all that happen? The importance of gleaning, the importance of willing to work hard at the first, knowing that God will bring some good things along at the last. The final person that Jesus calls by name in the Bible, in Revelation chapter 22, is David. That person was the great-grandson of Ruth. Wonderful story. But let me say this, they that sow in tears will reap in joy. Let me give you the New Living Translation. I had to borrow a Bible last week, but I wrote this down. New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus was willing to die a shameful death on the cross. They that sow in tears. Because of the joy That was set before him They that sow in tears Will reap in joy I am part of the harvest That God was able to harvest in Because Jesus Was willing To suffer, bleed, and die for me He was willing to go through the tears and the anguish and the pain of that because of the joy that was set before him. We cannot, I I feel sorry for old Billy Bob out here that thinks he's really uh, really uh, tearing it up and putting on a rounder every Friday and Saturday night because, man, it's just the best party ever. I feel sorry for that. Because one of these days, God is going to throw a shindig unlike any ever. Because of the joy that was set before him. The importance of gleaning. Learn something new every day. Where you're going to be at three years from now will be determined by the books you read and the people you associate with. That truthful. That simple. But it's true. Let's all stand Lord, how true your word is, they that sow in tears will reap in joy. God, you will see to it. You will see to it. And I ask and pray, Lord Jesus, right now, if there are people here that have never said yes to Jesus Christ and that salvation that you offer, I am praying, God, that today will be their day. Lord, you've already bought and paid for this. You have already made the way. I cannot do anything. I cannot add to it. All I've got to do is accept and say yes. And I ask and pray, God, right now, if there are people here that need to accept and say yes to you, yes to your goodness, yes to your forgiveness, I'm praying, God, that today they're going to do that. Lord, if there are Christian people that need to come out and pray, Lord, for whatever reason that would be, God, we we do not condemn, we do not point a finger, we want to try to lift people from where they're at. And, Lord, if there's a need here, I'm praying, God, it will be met through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on as they sing. If you have a need, whatever that need would be, come right on.